0: Bush's Beans is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Please visit bushbeansfoodservice.com for recipes and resources to keep business moving. Because even when we're apart, food still brings us together. Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, restaurant business and food service director. I'm Pat Kobe senior editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm sitting down with Eric Rivera, chef and owner of Addo restaurant in Seattle. Eric has always considered Addo to be an incubator for ideas. And although it has been closed to dining in since March, he's channeled his creativity into unique at-home experiences that are constantly evolving. Through his very active Twitter account, Eric engages with customers, the chef community, and the community at large. Listen as he shares his ideas about getting through these very challenging times. So, Welcome, Eric. Uh, tell me a little bit about your journey that took you to create Eric Rivera Cooks. Um,
1: I started in a completely different field um, in my 20s, and um, that got taken out in the last recession. <laughs> so I wanted to get to a point where I at least if whatever I did and whatever happened, at least I can like cook for myself. Mm-hmm. So I uh, started on the path of becoming a professional cook, um, doing that at home for a while on a, like a little blog and then <laughs> taking that to actually going to culinary school and working in restaurants and just the whole time, you know, about 10 years or so going into restaurants, working for other people, then finally deciding I wanted to do it for myself. Um, And so then I created the business for myself. Uh, I started cooking uh, 15 course tasting menus in my apartment uh, for two people at a time. And then that kind of started to do pop-ups around the city and doing a bunch of different themes, you know, trying to tell people and show people, you know, Puerto Rican food in a city that doesn't really need it or want it. So it was always kind of trying to like show them, you know, 25 different things uh, at the same time and like juggle that whole concept around, but do it in a way that it could Put me in a good position to like own a business which is cool
0: so when did otto open
1: um about three years ago um yeah and i mean and that was still with the you know starting in my apartment type thing until three years uh, this last week
0: oh happy anniversary thank you <laughs> so you you mentioned that um you have a chef's table there and how many seats
1: yeah i mean i have a so we have a dining room um, fits about twenty people. We have this bar area that I'm in right now sits about ten people, and then there's a chefs table in uh, the kitchen that fits about eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, none of that is a thing right now, so <laughs> it's just a lot of empty space, but you know I've converted the dining room into like a grocery store kind of look it's a pantry, and you know we kind of do all this fun
0: stuff so and you're still using the kitchen to do meals for takeout. Yeah,
1: all the, all the production, yeah, for takeout, delivery, um, everything else that we kind of do right now, um, and doing charity work and just nonstop. It's like a, it's crazy, but yeah, it's kind of the way that we have to do it in order to keep
0: things going. Right. So you consider Ado an incubator for your ideas. And so how is the restaurant set up to communicate those ideas? I know that um, you consider a lot too. Yeah, it's just
1: really, it's really different. I've had to kind of create a way to do this (laughs) Um, because it really houses so many different concepts at a time. There could be a period of time in a day that we're doing three to five different things. Um, So for us, it's kind of capturing that, finding a way to package it up, marketing it correctly, um, finding our audience, and then kind of keeping that going and Hopefully people are excited about it, they like it, they buy into it, and then it helps us, you know, kind of keep evolving forward and, you know, just being something different always.
0: Have you always been that active on Twitter or is that something that you're doing during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I'm seriously a little bit more active now. Um, There's been a couple times when, like, I saw people kind of going towards big name chefs and kind of looking for them for advice or all this kind of stuff. And they weren't really doing anything. So it really kind of made me snap a little bit because I'm in a position where I don't have options and I don't have investors and I don't have other people and I don't have all this other stuff the same way that they have resources. It just didn't seem like they were, were doing anything um, other than just telling people to like chill and you know close their business and lay off thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, that's not an option uh, for me. So I just said, you know, there's another point of view from this and it's, it's for me, you know, I know it's a tiny restaurant in Seattle, but, you know, we saw this stuff kind of happen with shutting things down before the big name New York chefs that still get talked to you like they know what they're doing and they don't, you know, uh, they haven't done anything. And, you know, even just recently, um, I've been seeing those chefs kind of like, do what we're doing <laughs> three months later. And it's just, you know, delivery, takeout, whatever. And I'm like, well, because that's the only option. So, you know, and that was the only option. That will be the only option for a very long time. Um, even when people are now, like, wanting to do dine-in service again, it's just not safe. And, you know, it's going to come back to haunt them um, because they're going to have to lay people off again and they're going to have to close down again and they're going to have to do all this stuff. So it's just a matter of, like, it's just a matter of time, you know. How many employees do you have? Um, we range anywhere from any, you know, like six to ten people, uh, and that just is between like part time, full time, that kind of thing, um, or people going back to do, you know, go work at restaurant that they were at before or whatever. So you know, there's some people here kind of like on, on the borrowed time thing, um, but you know, as far as full time employees, it's, it's always like around six.
0: When guests come into Ada, you want to give them a sense of discovery. So how did you sort of uh, extend that to what's going on now? when they're- Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's kind
1: of the same, it's kind of the same approach for me is to try to get them excited, to want to kind of buy into the unknown. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because even before this, like we had never posted menus for any of our experiences. So people had to be like, man, I hope this is gonna be good. (laughs) (laughs) And and so then that kind of changed when people are at home, you kind of have to give them a little bit more of information because they're gonna have to fix it for themselves. So that's a big approach, you know. That changed. I had to basically explain more of what we were doing, but still leave some sort of mystery in there. Um, mm-hmm. It could be a surprise and discovery for them on their side, um, but also keep it exciting. So that way, it doesn't appear like it's every other restaurant around us. You know, so if we're gonna do a bolognese, it's gonna be different. If it's gonna be a pasta dish, it's gonna be different. If it's gonna be a meat dish, it's gonna be different. So it's it's giving them you know some sort of idea, but allowing them to experience it for themselves without dumbing it down for them.
0: Mm -hmm. So you've got a lot of buy-in for uh, the different experiences. Can you tell me about some of the ones that you offered? I mean, I was fascinated by the names. Yeah. It's,
1: it changes all the time. Um, I study our data hard (laughs) and I'm not one to like hold up something just because I want to have it. There's a couple of experiences that I've had, that I've been pushing over the last couple of years that don't necessarily sell well but I like them
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, <laughs> uh, and then there's our, there's ones that really sell well without me even trying um, but I don't like to keep those around um, because then I feel like we're doing the same thing over and over and over again
0: right
1: um, so it's, it's a constant struggle of do I give them uh, the guests exactly what they want or do I give them just enough to Try something new, you know, and I think that's kind of staying in within that mindset of let's do something new, you know. It kind of comes back to like where we do the Oregon Trail uh, dinner, you know, which people, you know, think about it and they they go, well, what what is the game? What's the thing? And it has like no comparison to what <laughs> the game is or what the history of it is. It's purely just going. Here's this thing, buy into it, and then once they actually play the game, it's completely different and they have fun with it. So it's 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 managing like what a brand is packaging it up attaching food to it um and hopefully people buy it
0: so what was uh, the menu that went along with the Oregon Trail
1: yeah I mean it's it's like camp style food <laughs> and then they get uh trail trail snacks and they get uh beef jerky and then a dessert um but then we set up a zoom call and you know for the first stage they're doing with scavenger hunt finding stuff around their house for the next thing they're doing a little bit of trivia based off the video game and then they finish off like doing a talent show but along the way you know people who aren't getting enough points i'm booting them off the call so (laughs) you know we start with you know 20 30 40 people by the time we're done we have like one winner and everybody's been booted off the chat so it's a function of i had never used zoom before
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then I saw it you know people in the pandemic going yeah zoom 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 you know I'm like oh, what is this thing and I had you know somebody reach out to me for an interview and they're like well can you do zoom and I'm like I sure uh, and so then it's me looking at that and then understanding what it is and then how can I apply this zoom thing to a business thing with food for us and so I'm additionally doing like uh, virtual cooking classes or and, and figuring out other strategy-based dinner games that are based off of this, too. Like, we have something else coming up. And so, two days before the dinner, we actually have uh, challenges for the guests to complete. And whoever has the most points, that adds more to their dinner. Uh, the people that don't score so well, that takes away from their dinner.
0: Oh. So,
1: it, it gives them the idea of, like, supplements. So, for example, if you go to, like, you know, a super fine dining restaurant, you get your base menu. And then there's always that supplements list, you know, with a shaved truffle or caviar or champagne. And that's kind of what I'm doing with them. You know, they buy into an idea of getting an entree, but then if they do better, then they can get a dessert, they can get a bottle of wine, they can get caviar, you know, so that changes the scope for me of what dining can be um, when I'm forced to have to change it. Um, but it keeps it exciting for them because they're like, I've never experienced this before and that's kind of what I'm trying to do.
0: So tell me about the, the pig roast that you did. That's mm-hmm.
1: a <laughs> Yeah, and you know, that's something uh, I've, I've been doing for forever. <laughs> um, and so then it's compartmentalizing that in the style of a Puerto Rican lechonera um, in, in kind of the same way. You know, when you go to a lechonera in Puerto Rico, uh, it's basically like a walk-up window or, you know, an outside restaurant Um, which is pretty much what everybody's stuff is right now. And so, you know, you have your little window, you go tell people what you want, but in this side, we don't have that. Uh, We sell tickets. So that way we give them the options. They buy how much of it they want. And then um, we cook the whole pig. We chop it up. You know, they buy it by the pound. We put it in a little box for them and then they pick it up and take it home. You know, it's essentially like the same thing, Mm -hmm. um, just without the interaction of the restaurant. Um, But you know, at least they get, they get cool food and it's something different that they're not getting from somewhere else. So that's kind of why I, I kind of push that way. Um, it's not like there's not another restaurant around here that's doing that. So it just gives somebody a different point of view. Well,
0: even your grilling kits are different. I mean, it sounds like you do, you know, I, a lot of restaurants are doing kits now because they, people are cooking at home and they're, mm-hmm. Getting tired of just plain takeout and delivery. so they're doing kits. But your grilling kits seem a lot different.
1: Yeah, it's I basically wanted to give somebody the treatment like they're the chef of the restaurant and we're their prep cook. So it's getting everything ready for them to then fire off for service that night, meaning at their home, <laughs> but do it in our way that we would be normally doing it for our tasting menus. So the same preparations and curing and seasoning and you name it, uh, the way they handle the handles and ingredients, it's basically, you know, they can go home, have that grill pack, essentially just fire away and they don't have to do any front front end prep. Um, and it, And it's, done in a way that it still gives them the ability to kind of have confidence and that's kind of what i want with Mm -hmm. people who are cooking is to have that sort of confidence where they're you know if they're going to spend a hundred dollars or whatever else they don't have to feel like they're going to mess something up and screw up dinner um so that's kind of like why we help them 90 95 of the way so all they have to do is really cook it
0: right so you've also done a number of pop-ups that tie into like events that are happening, like current, you know, things like Juneteen. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that a little? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, I always struggle with um,
1: figuring out a way to acknowledge things as a restaurant and as a person, but not capitalize off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not just be like a fake branded thing. Um, so for me, it's, I'm always trying to figure out a way to, you know, uh, work with something like Black Lives Matter but not make it about what we're doing. Um, so it's diverting that attention to capitalize off of it and putting it back into driving people to giving money directly to organizations. Um, so, you know, even like with our pig roast people, we have a package right now that, you know, people can go give money to an organization 100 percent uh they show us the receipt and then they're getting free food from us you know so it's driving that conversation in a a bit different way rather than just saying like oh we have this special or we're going to donate proceeds or we're you know which is kind of vague um we're actually putting the money directly to the organization from the guest
0: uh -hmm.
1: and we're not operating as like a third party right
0: and that really motivates them, I'm sure. I mean, you know, so many people are, you know, just donating money online or just clicking a button. Yeah, and I, I saw it's a, it was
1: purely the reason why I wanted to do that too is because a lot of tech companies around here, which have a lot of guests that are in tech, uh, have matching programs. So if they donate $100, uh, a lot of times their tech company will match that at $100 too. So, if I was doing it as a restaurant and somebody gave me a hundred dollars, then I have to do proceeds and whatever, 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 that could really turn into like $10. But if they send the money directly to the organization and their company matches, then it's $200. Mm-hmm. So it actually ends up going a lot further. Um, plus it's not like I'm putting my entire business down forever. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 a few thousand dollars that I won't see directly come to me, but that builds value from the guests to show that, like, we're actually, we actually care.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> um, so for them, it's a, it's a, it's a longer play, you know, and it shows everybody that we're, we're not just in it to like make a quick buck.
0: So what uh, stage is Seattle in now as far as reopening restaurants and what, you know, how are you, um, what stage are you in, I guess? Yeah. I mean,
1: technically they're on stage two. Uh, which gives 50% occupancy to the the restaurant for dine-in. Uh, I'm not mentally or physically or anything else um, there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think anybody should be there. Um, I think that puts a lot of stress on the, the staff, um, the guests and everybody to kind of like be at the whim of guests that they don't know whether they have a virus or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think, you know, stuff like, dine-in service or even patio service there's a lot of stuff within the point of contact that goes back into the dining room or into the kitchen or into a dish pit area that doesn't there's nothing out there that addresses those concerns effectively so you know kind of for right now we're still doing our takeout and delivery stuff and I don't I don't have any like rush for me to do it because all I've seen over even the like last week is everybody just going backwards already right Um, So the last thing I want to do is get my guests excited about dining in and then having to change it three days later and, you know, going through that process that disrupts the stuff that we're actually successful at doing now too. So that's why I don't have a problem with, you know, being vocal about telling people that you shouldn't be dining in at restaurants because they shouldn't, you know, Um, and I don't want (laughs) to sway their opinion just to benefit myself. Um, it, it, it's a big catch 22 because I have to compete now with restaurants down the street or within the city that are open to dine-in service, you know, which really sucks because we have, we have guests that are doing that. And so it's, they would probably be spending the money with us, um, but they're not, you know, because they're able to go out now and they're able to go hang out and go see more on. So it, it makes it kind of tough. Um, so I have to think about, well, do we do this <laughs> You know, right. um, well, do we, you know, open up just because we're going to lose on stuff? And I, I look at it like if we open up and then someone gets sick, we're going to have to close anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so, <laughs> you know, so are you going to like extend some of these experiences? You are you thinking of new ones now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of thinking of new stuff. I don't, I don't know how many of them will play for how long. <laughs> this is going on. I've already, I've already like killed a bunch of them. Um, just some of them that it didn't really take off or they were cool for a couple weeks. Um, and then people, I can see the numbers trailing off, um, or things that required too much prep to what the return was. Um, so it's, it's just being, you know, I'm just looking at it with open eyes and and being accepting of what the market's saying that we should be doing or how we should be doing it. Um, so I'm always willing to change. I'm, I'm not sitting here like trying to pat myself on the back and, and say that I know what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, down the road, probably, you know, by 2021, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, when, when things, when we do have a vaccine and, you know, people can dine in without, you know, hurting themselves or worrying about the staff and you, you won't worry about your staff. So do you think you'll change up the model at Otto at all or is it? going to remain like it was pre-pandemic um yeah I mean it's definitely gonna change everything's gonna change <laughs> I mean I have like a,
1: a chef's table area and I know I won't be able to use that for probably ever again um you know and so then I have to make adjustments on that and we have to think of stuff differently that's just a function of what what's happening right now um I'm not looking back and I'm not lo- I'm not trying to bring things back that were in the past. I'm trying to create new things. And I think that's a better mindset for me um, because then it's not going, it's not feeling like we're missing out on anything. It's, it's feeling like we're evolving and kind of trying to, you know, usher in a new way of doing things uh, rather than just kind of going backwards and, and, you know, getting guests depressed about, (laughs) yeah, we used to have a chef's table or whatever else. It's more of a me thing. I would love to do that. I just, it's not, it's not okay. You know? Um, So it's, You know we're we're responsible for the health of people Uh, i know that like maybe not a lot of restaurants or chefs really feel that way but i mean when you make food for someone and you have health inspections and you name it um (laughs) you are responsible for their health the last thing i want to do is get somebody sick or you know lose guests over it just to make a quick buck i mean i've been
0: doing this for a long time so the last thing i want to do is you know kind of turn a blind eye. Eric, thanks so much for joining me and sharing your point of view. Please tune in next time as we continue our conversation with chefs around the country. Bush's Beans wants to thank you for listening in on this podcast. These are unusual times to say the least, but we can work through it together. For recipes and tools to make the most of now, please visit bushbeansfoodservice.com.